I want to ask you, are you finished uh, buying all, you, all of your gifts? Are you ready for Christmas? Are you? Are you? Now, the next question is, are they all wrapped? Some yes, some no. Okay, so we've been talking about God's gift to us, and he has a lot of gifts that he's given to us, hasn't he? And we've only been able to scratch a little bit of the surface as we started two weeks ago on this, and we talked about joy. We talked about God's gift of joy to us that when we understand the glory of the Lord that shone around them, that we know that the glory of the Lord is heavy, it's weighty, and when it comes into our life, it is there to push out all the other stuff that we are not joyful about, all right? So we talked about joy, and that leads me to part two in our series today. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one, in verse 21, and it will be on the screens as well. We know this scripture verse, but uh, it's a great one to be reminded of today. And it says, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be filled, fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Can you say Emmanuel? which is translated what? God with us. God with us. I want to just take you back a little bit into the Old Testament. There are two names that are huge in the Bible amongst the many. many. One of them I want to highlight from the Old Testament is reflective of the fact that there was a name that was before Christ in the Old Testament And it's a name you don't ever want to name your children or your child. I just want you to know that. And if you're having a child, don't name your child Ichabod, okay? Don't name your child Ichabod. We'll talk a little bit about that in just a moment. Number two, don't name him Judas, okay? Don't name your child, your son Judas, okay? That's not a good name. And don't name her Jezebel, all right, if it's a girl, Those are just a couple reminders, don't, what you shouldn't do as we look at God's word. I was thinking back on 1 Samuel, there's a story of a woman who's giving birth and it literally is the worst day of her life. And here's what's taking place that the Bible said in 1 Samuel that the Ark of the Covenant was stolen by the Philistines, that's the enemy army of God. She hears the news of the presence of God, the ark of God, the favor of God had been stolen. And not only that, but another servant runs in and says, your father-in-law Eli, the high priest, the man who stands before God for the people, he is dead. He fell over and broke his neck in a chair and he's dead. He's gone. And on top of that, a servant runs in and there's even worse news. Your husband was killed in battle. Have you ever thought you had a bad day? This woman had a really bad day. Now she has a baby, and she decides to name her baby Ichabod, the Bible says. And I want to just say this right from the beginning, because I want you to get this into your spirit. Don't ever allow your present to name your future. Don't ever allow your present to name your future. Are you with me this morning? Say yes. It's easy for us sometimes to get in a bad season But you don't have to let what's going on in your present name your future. 
She named that child Ichabod, and she named that child Ichabod, and she went on to say, because the glory of the Lord has departed from my life, has departed from my marriage, from my family, the presence of God, there's no more good days, there's no more happiness, there's no more joy. That's what she's saying. When the presence of God, she's saying, it's gone, right? That this thing that I'm going through is so overwhelming to me that this new child that I have will now be named Ichabod, and I'm going to name him that. The glory of the Lord has departed. Then you fast forward and you go into the verse that I just read after hundreds of years of silence between the last book of the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it says that the prophet said that his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. There are two names, and I see that there are two kinds of attitudes that I want to speak to you in this room today that you and I get to choose what kind of attitude that we are going to take on in our life. We live in a world that is screaming Ichabod, aren't we? We live in a world that says everything on the news, every time you turn the news on, it's political. Ichabod, the glory has departed from the United States of America. Ichabod, the glory of the Lord has departed from Washington, and glory of the Lord has departed from who we are. ABC, NBC, woe is me, you know, all of this stuff. But that is not the message of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The message of the church is Emmanuel, God is with us, the people of God. Amen? That the church needs to take on that kind of spirit despite what is going on. The glory has departed. Oh, it's gone. There's no more move of God. There's no more greatness of God. There's no more revival. Oh, icky, 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 all of that. Miracles are over. It's all over. See, the message of Christmas is Emmanuel, the same God of the book of Acts, the same God who healed the blind and raised the dead. He is still here, and he is still with us in Jesus' name. I mean, have you ever heard of Chicken Little? Yeah. The acorn hits him on the head. The sky is falling. The sky is falling, right? And he went to Turkey Lurkey. And Turkey Lurkey got all upset, and he started screaming, the sky is falling. And Turkey Lurkey went to Ducky Wucky. Ducky Wucky started quacking all over the barnyard, the sky is falling, Ichabod, right? Then Ducky Wucky went to Horsey Worsey, and Horsey Worsey started bucking up and running around, oh no, frantically, and the, the sky is falling, Right? That a problem is hitting my life. It's the end of the world as I know it. It's Ichabod, it all is. And Horsey Worsey went to Bossy the Cow, and Bossy the Cow finally discovered, you know, hey, you're going around the whole barnyard in an uproar over one little acorn, right? Th- thank goodness for Bossy the Cow that kind of set it all straight, right? If you're not careful, a little acorn in life will hit you in the head and get you thinking the whole kingdom of God is about ready to collapse. Listen, just because you've got a problem that hits you, don't you dare think that God has ever abandoned you. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it in Jesus' name. Are you with me today? See, many times in life, we think it's Ichabod, but it's Emmanuel working. 
We think it's Ichabod. Well, it's all departed. Life is no good. It's, it's never going to be any good. It's very terrible. But many times what we have to understand, it's Emmanuel working. In your, in your marriage, I'm going to encourage you to keep an Emmanuel spirit that God is with us in our marriage. In your family, that Emmanuel, God is with us today. Come on. Can somebody say Emmanuel? Emmanuel. You know, I want to just encourage you. Maybe you just need to look to the person to the right and the left and say, you look like you have Ichabod. Come on, tell them. You look like you have Ichabod. But I'm speaking Emmanuel on you right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Somebody needs to hear this in this place. You may look like and feel like Ichabod, but I'm speaking Emmanuel. God is with you on you today in Jesus' name. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Right? Or we can hear the message of Christmas this morning, and we need to know that the real message is Emmanuel. God is with us. And you have to choose. You you have to choose between Ichabod, the glory has departed, or Emmanuel, God is with us. You have to choose. See, a spirit of Ichabod says it's going down, it's going down, it's going down, it's going down. I've had setback after setback. And if you're not careful... You just start taking on that kind of spirit and that kind of attitude inside of your life that it's all going down. And you start acting like nothing's good is happening and and God's spirit has left you the joy, the hope, the fun, the happiness. And you begin to look like a cover girl for the book of Lamentations. Are you with me? We got a lot of Christians look like they're the cover girl for the book of Lamentations. You look sad. You look down all the time. See, there are a lot of Christians with a non-victorious spirit. Hello. They allow life to hit them, and they go through all this stuff. But then when we look at the message of Christmas for us, it's not that, you know, hey, because Emmanuel is with us, that we don't go through the same kind of things that people in the world go through. No, we don't go through them maybe exactly the same. But listen, we don't have to have the same spirit that they have going through it. See, when we get bad news and adversity and challenges come, that we go through it and we can know that we can go through it with a different attitude, a different heart of mind. And we go through it with an Emmanuel spirit, that God is with us, God is for us, God is on our side. So I just want to encourage you today through this season that you can know that God is with you. God is with you no matter where you're at, no matter where you're traveling. And so I just want to declare that and hope you hear that inside of your spirit today. I'm saying today, Emmanuel is mightier than Ichabod, right? It's mightier than the season or the moment you're going through. And if you're not careful, you're going to walk around like life is a burden Life is a trial, and you're here today because I want you to understand this, that God has put some shiny, bright stars in your life to point you and to lead you the right way to Emmanuel. If I look back and I think, wow, where would I be if it weren't for my mom that shone bright enough to lead me to Jesus when I was five years of age? But that was a shiny star inside of my life that has touched my life and has changed me forever and put me on a different course. That there's been shiny stars inside of your life 
as well. Somebody that's shown brightly the love of God into you so that you change the, the direction of where you're headed right towards Emmanuel. Where would you be if someone didn't shine brightly in your life and talk to you about Jesus? See, you can be that light today for your family. Uh, you can be an Emmanuel spirit for somebody that's going through difficulties, a shining star. And it's not for our glory, but it's for God's glory, pointing them to the way of the Savior. And let me tell you something. He's got to use somebody. He might as well use us. See, the wise men, you understand, when they, they got to the star and they found Jesus was in a stable, they were not expecting him to be in a stable that's why they stopped by Herod's palace first. They expected the king of the universe to be in the palace, right? But instead, they followed the star, and it didn't lead them into the palace. It led them into a stable. So how does God want to be with us? I've got three points today quickly as we go through this. How does God want to be with us? Well, God wants to be with us in our mess. You know, there may be some of you in this room this morning that you're going through an absolute mess. God wants to be with you in your mess today. He wants to be with you right in the middle of the mess and the muck and the mire of all that's going on. He wants to be with you right there, right? And so we have to understand that. So what do you do when you follow the star and it leads you to the stable? What do you do when you have a dream and you follow Jesus and you think that, that he's going to do great things every single day and give you one happy, clappy, exciting life where no problems come and you follow Jesus and you end up in a stable? Sometimes we think that if we're not in the palace, God's not with us. Are you listening, church? If we're not living the palace life with everything coming our way and everything going, on, going our way and, and leaning in our favor and every blessing hit in our life, that somehow we think that we're out of the will of God. But the truth is when you follow Jesus Christ and we thank God for the palace days and the palace moments and season when you're receiving God's blessing and everything's on a high, but don't forget that sometimes we follow the star and we end up in a stable. That a couple is following Jesus and they're holding hands and they exchange vows and it's picture perfect. And a few years later, heartbreak comes and they follow the star, but now they're in the stable. What do you do? What do you do when you take all that you own and you put it in and you invest and you follow the star and you prayed about it and you start, start to own your own business and the economy shifts and you follow the star, but you end it in the stable? What do you do when your health is gone and you're sick and suffering and you end up in the stable? You do what these wise men begin to do. You begin to look for God in those moments in the stable for him to show up. I've come here today to speak to somebody that God is not just there in the high days when you're living the palace life, but you will find Jesus closer and nearer to you when you are in the stable rather than in the palace any day of the week. When you're going through the lowest season, he's with you. Amen? That's so true. That's where Jesus will find you, and that's where you will find Jesus so you got to understand that, that God's nearer to you in your stable moments than he is in your palace moments. 
Because as long as you're on top of the world, how many of you know we have really no need for Jesus when we're on top of the world? But let me tell you, when he brings you to the stable, you begin to see that I need Jesus, and I begin to cry out from him, and I need him more in that moment than ever before, right? We see the need. Jesus, thank you for the stable, because this is where I found you, right? So God wants to be with us in our mess. Also, God wants to be with us in our mistakes. How many have ever made a mistake? Yes, we've all made mistakes. We all can understand that. God wants to be with us today in, in our mistakes. We, we understand that many times the mistakes we've made and it's mistakes other people have made. And then we see in Genesis that we see the life of Joseph. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Even in the midst of mistakes, somehow God has taken a mess and turned it around into a message and given me a testimony in the midst of this. This is what you do when you follow a star and you end up in a stable. You look for God because he is Emmanuel, God with us. He will never be closer to you. And you will never be as close to God in the palace as you will be in the stables of your life. Not only that, what's amazing is these wise men, they got into the stable. They offered their best worship. In the stable. See, let me tell you something. The natural inclination in a dirty stable would be to withhold your best. But I'm not going to give my gold here. No, no. Because it doesn't belong to be brought out in a terrible place like this. I'm not going to bring the frankincense, and I'm surely not going to bring the myrrh, this expensive worship, and it shouldn't be in the stable. It should only be reserved for the palace moments of my life. Wow. But no, I'm going to give God my best worship. I'm going to give God my best worship all the time, but some people reserve their best worship when everything is going right, and then God will really find that I love him. These wise men were wise because they said God is in the stable and we're going to give our best worship in this unpleasant circumstance. Some of you today are in an unpleasant circumstance in your life and you're waiting to give God the most glory when you get into the palace and God's wondering if you're going to give him the most worship in the place that is so unpleasant today. Will you? Or are you waiting for the palace? See, what we need to learn to do is to worship God, not just in the great and glorious moments, but when you're in the stable. See, if you could ever learn to give the best praise in unpleasant circumstances, you will see God move mightily when you praise him. And I hope you get this, because the praise that costs the most counts the most in our lives. Did you praise him today? Did you worship him for who he is? Are you waiting for the palace? See, the praise that cost you the most this morning, that you brought before the Lord, that's what counts the most this morning to him. That's what matters most to the King of kings and the Lord of lords who has given us so many indescribable gifts. 
and it counts because it's precious. They begin to worship with expensive worship in a dirty place in life. How many of you know that you can even worship the Lord in even the dirtiest places? So the worship that God really looks for is best in the stable. I heard the story of a man who was sitting in first class in an airplane. Last row, first class. You know if you've flown, there's first class, and there's a curtain, and then there's economy class, right? Where most of us probably sit, right? Yes. The curtain separates the holy of holies, right? As we all come into the plane, we look at these people. Sorry if you fly first class, but yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. There's this guy sitting in the little back row of the first class section. They made a mistake. The flight attendant said, sir, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're going to have to give up your seat uh, in first class. You're going to have to walk through the curtain, sit down on the front row of economy class. It's just three feet, three inches a wider of seat from this first class. When you go into economy, it's a little smaller uh, than the luxuries up here. And the guy went ballistic. He blew up, he stood up, he told the flight attendant where she should spend eternity. <laughs> this is ridiculous, he said. The sorriest airlines I have ever been on picked up his bags, walked three feet, demoted three feet, and had to walk through the curtain to get there. We've probably seen this, right? Humiliated in front of all those people, he sat down. We can't even hardly move three feet into motion and not just destroy us. But think about Jesus today. I hope you understand as we come through this Christmas season, you don't come in and just expect what was last year, but you come in expecting God to do something mightier in you. That The Bible says that Jesus considered himself equal with God. He was not vice president. He was not a junior partner in the Trinity firm. He was as much God as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He was there when mankind was created. Jesus was there. But he voluntarily said, I volunteer to be demoted. I volunteer. I willingly surrender my life to go to earth. I, I won't do it for a minute. I won't do it for a day. I'll do it for 33 years of my life on earth. I will go down. And I'll be born in a stable. And they wrapped him in swaddling clothes, linen that was already used, strips of cloth to wrap him. He washed the disciples' feet as a full-grown man. If that were not enough, people came, beat him, punched him, spit on him, because he said he was the savior of the world. You talk about demotion. You talk about humiliation. All he did was move from heaven through the curtain to earth. They took him to the cross and they crucified him. Nailed him to the cross. Why? He did it for you. He did it for me. 
We were filled with vile, deadly sins, and the only solution for him was to come and take my sin and your sin, every one of them, and now he is sin hanging on a tree. That's what he did for us. That's what this season represents. He voluntarily came down. He voluntarily went to the cross for you and for me. So he wants to be with us in our mess and wants to be with us in our mistakes today. And then God wants to be with us forever. Hope you understand that today. God wants to be with you forever. See, every single one of these, you and I get to choose. Whether we want God in our mess, whether we want Him in our mistakes, whether we want Him to be with us forever, we get to choose. He's given us the choice. So today I pray as you come, as we come to Scripture, we understand the many things that God has done for us, that we have a God that is with us. You know, we have a God that's with us today, just like the Buddhists, just like Islam. You know, God's with them. Whether they haven't accepted him or not, God is with them. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is still in charge. He is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords and forever will be. So today, I tell you, I just pray that you take these words from God's word, these scriptures, and let them envelop your heart and your mind today. That, yeah, God's with you in your mess. Are you in a mess today? Have you made so many mistakes you don't think you can get out of? God's with you. If you're only living for this temporary life, today that can change. God can be with you forever. I believe there's people in here today, sound of my voice, wherever it may be, streaming online, that you come to understand that God wants to be with you forever. And this life is but a light and momentary affliction, the Bible says. And then we're going to be with him forever if we know him. Have you made that choice today? You can now in this room, in this place, before you go out into this Christmas week that you can know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What am I saying? Don't rush through Christmas. See the lights. Take the pictures. Do that. You need to pause in this and say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I honor you. Thank you that you are with me. Give him your best worship. Give him your best. Bring him the best, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. Would you offer it to the King of kings and the Lord of lords today? So the message of Christmas is God with us. Heaven coming to earth, eternity invading time. Wow, what a promise of God today. Let's pray. Father, our minds can't even comprehend what you've done for us in Jesus. 
our minds can't even wrap around it. We're so finite. I was reminded of that in my prayer time today with you, Lord. I am so finite. You are so infinite. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are this indescribable gift. That we come and we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor this morning. That God, you're with us in our mess. You're with us in our mistakes, and you want to be with us forever. Maybe today you've come and said, yeah, I realize that. I, I don't have me. I haven't even invited him in my mess. I haven't invited him in my mistakes. I need to just invite him into my life today. Uh, maybe, maybe it's one of those things that you just say today. You just make that before the Lord right now. Would you, would you just personally invite God into your situation? Would you just, just say, God, come into my situation. You've come to this earth, yes, you've, you've wrapped yourself in light. So thank you for being Emmanuel. And so would you just invite him into to, to the mess, to the, to the things you need his help on and with and struggles this week. Maybe it's with family, it's relationship, it's things that you're worried about, you're fearful about. Maybe it's, maybe it's just things that uh, you've made a mistake on and you know you've got to deal with that. Would you just welcome God? You're going you're gonna to find God when you welcome him in the midst of that and you just draw close to him in the stable. Would you invite him into your forever that you can have today with him? Father, thank you that the real message of Christmas is God with us, Emmanuel, and that we would shine brightly for you. Father, thank you for Christmas and all that it represents that we're thankful, Lord, of your work. And may we be conscious of it this week in our conversations, in the gift giving, and in the promises, Lord, that you give to each and every one of us. I pray this in your mighty and your powerful name we pray. And everyone said, Amen.